Well, Brent is gay and Kaylin's gay and Clark is gay and Ryan's gay and Adam's gay. It's Homo Superior. Issue 213. I'm Kaylin. I'm Clark. I'm Ryan. And I am Adam. Hey there, little homos. Well, we have a big week this week. Uh, We are back from San Diego Comic-Con. And boy, did we have a gay old ass time. We will we will let you know what, who and what and where and all of the nouns of what we saw at San Diego Comic-Con. Um, we have our first look at Disney Plus Hawkeye show, and we'll tell you what our first thoughts are. Also, we will review our, some comics, some breaking news, and we have a brand new segment for you that we're calling Plug Me Daddy. Do you want to know what it is? Well, listen to this episode. Uh, first up, Comic-Con recap. Kaylin, take us away. Sure thing. So uh, Ryan, Adam, and I all went to Comic-Con Special Edition last weekend. It was the first time any of us had been to San Diego Comic-Con. Speaking for myself, I had a blast. Uh, it was really cool just seeing <laughs> like all the various vendors, seeing the cosplay. Uh, I understand that it's a lot smaller than like a normal Comic-Con, which is like just takes over the entire city of San Diego. But I think it's a really good way for us to ease into a giant convention like that. The biggest thing for us is uh, we were uh, participants on a panel uh, for X-Men Fandom. It was moderated by Chandler Poling and Chris uh, uh, Riley from uh, X-Reads Podcast. Uh, one of our sister podcasts were based out in the West Coast. Uh, I represented Homo Superior. We also had Dylan Carter from uh, House of X, the, both the podcast as well as the Facebook group. We had uh, Michelle Otero, who's a cosplayer, and she did one of the coolest versions of Dazzler I think I've ever seen. She fucking killed it. And then last but not least, we had David Sahugan from the Salalena podcast, which is a bilingual, mostly Spanish-speaking podcast that focuses on X-Men. So a lot of fun on the panel, a lot of diversity of opinion. Uh, we had a great time. Um, the The funny thing for me is I expected the... Uh, the panel to be like have like maybe five or ten people show up like I wasn't expecting a whole lot of folks we got to the room and like people were queuing up uh, the whole room was filled um, you know there were people who were trying to to get into the room that couldn't get into the room um, it just was like really overwhelming at first but at, at, at the end of it like you just sort of felt the energy and a lot of the uh, like just the enthusiasm for x-men uh, there but you know uh, I was on the, the panel itself. Uh, Ryan and Adam were there, you know, uh, they're booing you booing me from literally <laughs> booing me from the crowd. I was going to ask if, throwing tomatoes and turnips at me. I was going to ask if anyone thought you were any good. That is great. I don't was, I don't think the audience thought that, but I've I never said this about Kalen, but he was great. He was great <laughs> on the panel. <laughs> uh, it was just it was just cool. It was just a lot of fun. Caleb, yeah. I also heard there were some super ex-celebrities that were on there <laughs> in an asterisk virtually. Would you talk about that? Yeah, because it's COVID yeah. times. <laughs> it is COVID times. So um, we had Emma Dumont, who played Polaris in The Gifted Show. Uh, we had Jerry Duggan, who is the current writer for X-Men and the outgoing writer for Marauders. Fabian Nicieza, a personal favorite of mine, who was big on the X-Men and X-Force in the 90s. And last but not least, Lenore Zahn, who is not only a member of Canadian Parliament, but also the voice of Rogue on the animated series and the upcoming X-Men 97. So um, it was just really a lot of fun seeing their videos. Jerry Duggan, Jerry Duggan, excuse me, especially that man was drunk and like just <laughs> kept going on and on and on about like, like how great like X-Fans are and how much better we are than Avengers fans. It was great. That- that was the one that actually like got to me. Cause I was like, originally I was like, okay. It's like, you know, I try to be like, it's whatever. Just some like cameos and shit like that. And then like him just being kind of intoxicated and just chatting at a camera for like what's, or, I mean, I don't want to presume he's intoxicated, but chatting at a camera for 90 seconds. I am just like, r- like ranting and riffing about like X-Men, like writers and this and that. I was like, okay, this is like a pretty cool and authentic message that I thought really, really neat so i i did it was great that they had those surprises and overall i thought the panel was awesome because it was a big nerd fest like was, the questions yeah. that you guys got around like what's the best young team which is the best cartoon show like 
it's all stuff that all of us shoot the shit about all the time, which is why we're such X fans. Um, and I just loved that it was like exactly what you saw is what you got. It was fan. It was a fan surprise live, and that's what everybody got surprised. It's um, I just love that Lenore <laughs> when she came on and she gave her rogue voice. Um, it was just it was the booster shot of nostalgia <laughs> I fucking needed in my life. It was just so fucking fun. Um, we, it wasn't Moderna. It was nostalgia. Got it. Yeah, which is still better than J and J. But uh, it's uh, it was just so fun. Like it was so fun, uh, especially the Q and A. I really enjoy that because I you really get to see what fans want to hear about, and it's literally all the stupid shit we always talk about. Who's gonna play Wolverine in the MCU? Who's that like? It's just I love I love seeing fans like just being like like uh, we're all the same. Like we just yeah. want to know these questions that don't. Do you like Pixie? Like, it's just questions like that that are just, it's so fun. And that's how we rant all the time. It's just such a good time. Kalen, what do you think? I just, uh, uh, my favorite question was the guy who came up and was very, like, somber. And he's like, guys, I don't mean to bring down the mood <laughs> in the audience. And we're like, what's going to happen? And all he said was Wolverine Origins and just hung yeah. his head down. And, and then <laughs> Dylan was like, so what's the question and we were all like i think there needs, there needs no beef no yeah so we were like look it was a dark time for superhero movies x-men movies specifically not great but it did give us uh ryan reynolds as deadpool for the first time they fucked it up and then they fixed it a few years later Clark. well we found out most x-men fans are just loving this animated series and are so excited about the next one yeah. which i mean yeah. all of us are do, do we think in 20 years, Emma Dumont is going to be at Comic-Con just doing Polaris? I, she's, I love I Polaris. Really, I, I like her, her performance, but like, this is milking and milking and milking. I would like her to get some other roles because she's a good actress. Uh, she is good. She's very charming. I'm going to keep my hand raised because you guys didn't call me for three minutes. Clark. <laughs> well, you weren't there. I just want to make that's that why clear. I'm going to ask. Mark, what do you want to Adam? Adam, yeah, Adam a, shut up, Adam. What what did you dress as for for Comic Con? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. So we did do an X photo shoot uh, after the panel, and like there were amazing like Wolverines had like cigars, Jubilees, Dylan, and had great like uh, Cannonball. I was uh, X Men Green Nature Girl. And the only thing that I was sad about, and we already posted online, so you can definitely see on our Insta, I was super disappointed that I don't know how to put in contact lenses because I bought like white ones and I was so excited to wear like white contact lenses. And uh, they seemed really flimsy and I was pretty sure I was gonna get pink eye from them. So yeah, I didn't yeah. up using them, but people did really like that costume or I should say one girl wanted to take a photo of me and then another girl told me I look ill and I had to confirm whether or not she meant I need to go to a hospital. <laughs> no, she, no, 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 no. She said you look sick, which is a sick. compliment. Yeah. And you're like, no, 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 I don't have COVID is what you said. Yeah. And I had that, two months ago, I don't have had. anymore. Did, did a lot of people that tell you that you look like you were from the grudge? I was definitely, well, if you see the photo shoot from, from any of the people that have like, are like ex photo shoot, have you seen any of the photos? You could probably find me in a quarter of the corner of the image or like blurred somewhere because yeah. I like what I remember I was running late to it. And then I was like, I was so like kind of surprised at just everyone looking so good. I was like, how do I really ham this up? So I just became Sadako and someone, called it a day. Someone <laughs> dressed as a well and you crawled out of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I I actually thought you looked like Jared Leto as the Joker from Zack Snyder's Justice League. It was also one image that, that we posted. That. I loved it. Yeah, no, I had a, what, the second day I had, like, a medical uh, COVID mask, and I, uh, Ryan had painted, like, a, a heart-shaped kiss on my, like, on the lips in front of it, so I must have looked absolutely fucking nuts. When what was that for? <laughs> for no reason. She just has to wear lipstick. She's nature girl. She's never, she's all natural, except for her lipstick, I guess. Okay. Uh, yeah, but the photo was a lot of fun that uh, Adam referenced. Like, uh, we've taken from, like, I think, like, almost every angle. And I, a bunch of people, like, posted, um, um, like, the photos and, like, tagged us in it. So very excited. I was really in love with um, uh, one uh, costume of uh, somebody dressed as Professor X. 
from the Hawks and Pox era or from yeah. the current era, I should say, all black uh, with with a Cerebro helmet. Like that was actually made very, very cool. It was uh, what's it's our new favorite friend that we met at the uh, X Happy Hour, but he runs a podcast. Yeah. Like, he, he also does. Yeah. His name is Kyle. Um, yeah. And he actually made that uh, mask, which is crazy. Yeah. Super fucking cool. Yeah. Who we else? nerded out hardcore. Go ahead, Clark. Sorry. Who else did you meet? Just like everyone. You know what I mean? We did. Um, no. <laughs> we got to meet we, uh, David Boer, who is the writer of one of my new favorite comics that I read over this weekend, the writer of Killer Queens. Um, had a really nice time meeting him. Uh, mm-hmm. And then he actually connected us to Jake Foster, who's the writer and artist of Gun, another queer uh, content creator. Absolutely super cool. Got some amazing fucking prints from him. Um, just his artwork is absolutely amazing. And I know his writing is also really strong. Um, just we have some gifts that we can't share because we're not doing this live. But next week, we got some really fun fucking gifts we're going to give you, Clark and uh, Brent, when he's back. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's exactly the reaction I'm looking for. You're like for. the most depressed um, child that you're like, I just wanted you here for Christmas. That's because I was going to say, my parents are gone for three weeks and I have to live with my grandmother and give me gifts. So <laughs> we, got you, we got you a rock, Clark. Um, we also did a uh, X Men uh, happy hour. Uh, we uh, we did a happy hour. We got to like do like some of the panelists. Actually, all the panelists came, but a lot of the, like the folks in the audience and a lot of fans. And we met a guy who f- was been listening to us for a long time by the name of Caleb, and he actually sang our song back to us. And it was like probably one of my favorite moments oh, no. in the entire weekend because I was like, people are actually listening to us. This is cool, and it was just fun like talking to people about like just the stuff that we all nerded uh, nerded out of, of, about. It was just absolutely great. We I met a woman who did an amazing rogue cosplay and uh, Ryan's never going to let me forget how nerded out she and I got talking about Cowboy Bebop. And let me tell you that Hilton bar was nearly exploded yeah. because of you how much locked it, it down. <laughs> they closed it down. <laughs> Yeah, overall, it was just fantastic. I mean, I do, we like, we didn't, I don't think we gave enough of a personal shout out that like, we got, like, we had been recording with Chandler, Chris, Dylan for the past like pandemic. uh, And it was so incredible to actually meet them in person, not to mention Chandler and Chris obviously organized the panel, the happy hour, just a lot of the X agenda. Um, Super fucking cool dudes. uh, Very fun time with them. And yeah, it was just, we missed you, Clark. Clark, what did you do on your San Diego Comic-Con weekend? I don't want to hear that. I mean, it was Thanksgiving weekend, so I was with my family instead of you losers that don't have any. That sounds like fucking garbage, Clark. You're garbage. Hey, 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 hey. I and choose ex- my family, Clark. You yeah. choose your family? And I chose, and I chose wrong. That's very <laughs> true. That was a poor decision. Uh, well, yeah, that was San Diego Comic-Con Extra Edition. Uh, definitely check it out when it never happens again, I think, because they're going to go back to the regular models starting next year. Yeah, do you think people were in line for that po- that um, panel just because there were no more panels to go in line for? Um, there was a no, lot. There... I, I'm not a pessimist, so I didn't think that. Yeah, <laughs> but, but, but do you know that to be a fact now? I will. I will credit that there was a significant amount of the audience that stayed over from the what is going to happen in the Doctor Who universe uh, panel that happened right before that. That's so. nothing wrong with that. They told people I, okay. to leave, and the people were like, "No, we're staying." <laughs> can I say? Can I say? I mean, there were a lot of fans who were fans of the animated series as well as the movies, but I yeah. would say only half the audience have kept up with the current comics. And then I referenced X Men Red at one point, you know, series that we reviewed on podcast, and one person besides like Adam and Ryan, I think, had read it, and because I just heard one, like I, uh, I said, you know, if you've read X Men Red, one blah, sad blah, blah, blah. clap. Yeah, one sad clap. And I was like, all right, that's my guy right there. Uh, oh, Clark. But, uh, what? Final question for you before I move on. Starjammers versus Guardians of the Galaxy. What's your pick? I mean, Star, which, which, which Starjammers? But no, it's I it knew you were going to get into this. No, Clark. Just, just answer. answer. It's, clearly, yeah. it's clearly Guardians. Thank whoa. You. But he's going what with comics. He's going no, with comics. This, we know this. I, I I think I I was the only person in the, I think the theater uh, that clapped for uh, Guardians because obviously it's, it's, it's a fucking X I mean, not to be Bendis's run. Bendis's run could shit in a box, um, <laughs> but but I mean the DNA run. Fuck that beats anything the Star Jammers have ever done ever. Yeah, agreed. 
good. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't drinking, taking crazy. What a great moving on question. I know. There we go. <laughs> Let's talk about Hawkeye. I wish Hawkeye doesn't really have like a theme song. I started almost singing the Mandalorian in my head. Like the just sing a Christmas song. Uh, jingle bell, drink. Wait, what a bright time. It's the right time to rock the night away. All right. So episodes one through three are all now and released for your viewing pleasure on Disney+. Plus. And in those episodes, we get to catch up with Clint Barton and get this, it's Christmas time in New York City. Clint's past as Ronan continues to haunt him and we get to meet brand new characters like Kate Bishop, Pizza Dog, Echo, and the mysterious mom and mustache stepdad who is a real swordsman. Uh, how do we like the show so far? Opening question, Kaylin. Um, I was looking forward to the show because it, it adapts one of my favorite runs in mm-hmm. the last 10 years by Matt Fraction and David a- a- Aja, who deserves all the credit in the world, oh, yeah. for, especially for the yes. opening credits and like the aesthetics for it, and he hasn't gotten it, unfortunately. I was a little disappointed at first because while I think a lot of the performances are really strong, uh, Haley Stanfield does a really nice job as Kate Bishop, some of the dialogue early on just didn't really work for me. So like, I couldn't help but compare it to the comic it was based on. By the time we got to the third episode, I, I think I kind of came around because I think the, the action sequence of the first 15 minutes, give or take, was so strong. And there was one moment that's like probably one of my, now one of my favorite moments in the MCU, uh, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. So uh, it, it was kind of a slow build for me. Like I'm, I'm kind of into it now, but wasn't completely sold at the very start. Uh, the, or, first two, the first two issues are awful and it's because they're original material. They're not from Matt Fraction's run. The third issue ties in so well to it and connects uh, the two relationships when she's hanging out with her mom and it's all bullshitty and, and uh, Swordsman, who obviously is Swordsman and not the sword guy, it's just nonsense written like a fucking seven-year-old wrote it. But this third episode was great. I, I'll i counterpoint a little. Well, Ryan, what do you think? You go first. I, I, I don't dislike it. The dialogue is bad. I mean, everyone can agree with that. Like, we're, we're, we're not here to talk about the dialogue. It's terrible. We are here but... to talk about the dialogue. That's <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> well, I'd like to correct your dialogue when you interrupted me. No, um, okay, with, with that all said, uh, the dialogue is sometimes touch and go, but I'm I'm enjoying it. I also like, and most of everyone in the world is gonna disagree, I like how heavy handed they're like, this is Christmas time. So anytime <laughs> they're fighting, they're like, boop, 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 like every single fight is just immediately Christmas time. I like that they pigeonholed this into this weird fucking Home Alone world that we're living in right now. It's pretty fun, actually. It does um, feel like Home Alone. It do- yeah, but with that all said, uh, the story itself is good. The acting's good. And I'm just intrigued. I think we can't judge necessarily just on one bad clock tower scene. You know what I mean? That's, but that's I'm, a bad... I'm Sorry. It was so stupid. It's but... a bad hour and 15 minutes of a show. You don't like, like judge the it dogs is what I'm getting from this. But no, with that said, I, it just, uh, it, it's fun. I, I just am enjoying it. The cast is good. It feels like the way Hawkeye should have been. Clint Barton is kind of who he should be in the Avengers movie because he was never really defined. So I do like him as this character now. And I think Kate is just really good in this show. I have a quick reflection question. How do you think at all did they might have changed the perspective or way they write the dialogue based on the fact that it's really a younger leading female character? And I'm not saying it's like a good thing. I'm like saying they might have somewhat overcorrected because like, I don't think the dialogue's that off compared to a typical Marvel movie or even the TV shows. So I'm just trying to get a sense for how you all see it as different than some of the other more recent Marvel stuff that we've been seeing. Kaylin. So uh, it wasn't just the Fraction uh, Aja run that I was comparing it to because it's uh, so like kind of like noir-esque, like, you know, dealing with the criminal underground of New York and the Christmas stuff. It reminds me of like a Shane Black movie. Uh, He did Iron Man 3, which wasn't, wasn't great. But he's done like, you know, uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which I love. He did Last Boy Scout. Uh, You know, he wrote like Lethal Weapon. 
And so like, it's like that kind of like urban, like, you know, buddy cop kind of shit. And a lot of times they are, they take place during Christmas. He loves doing stuff during Christmas. Iron Man 3 is a great example of that. Um, and so I couldn't help but compare. I will say though, I did like, I think it's a pretty elegant solution of bringing these two characters together and by using uh, Hawkeye as Ronan, like during the, during the blip. Uh, mm-hmm. I think like that worked for me, like having Kate, like, you know, find the Ronin outfit at the underground thing that worked for me. I just think there are certain elements that like, you know, I could see the seams of like certain, that, like certain things that the writers wanted to do to give you a certain like aha moment. Like an example I use, it's super minor. I know I'm going to, you know, it feels like I'm being, being nitpicky, but like when Kate goes home for the first time after the bell tower bullshit, um, her mom's like, I've got something to tell you. It's really important. And then she's like, oh, but just but go I'll tell you that after. dress. I, yeah. yeah, I'll hey. go put the dress, go wear that dress, you know, and the thing. Let me, I'm sorry, Brian, let me just finish really quickly. And then, yeah. um, and <laughs> then, uh, and then, uh, wait, did I say Brent? Yep. Oh, I meant Ryan. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, and then um, when she's finally at the party, like it's that guy Armand who reveals it. And it's just like, like, it just felt, insincere to me it just felt like a moment that didn't need to happen that way to i liked his point, father Kayla. quite a lot yeah he really rocks a mustache in a weird way um to that point caitlin the only thing is have you met any gay people in your life have you not met them and None. they've been like i oh i have something to tell you i'll tell you later though like that that feels real within our realm where like you're just not <laughs> getting the truth at the moment. So maybe she's just a fantastical queen, this mom. You know what I mean? And she just lo- lives for the drama a little I bit. I mean, her hair is amazing and she did kill that dress. So I'll give her that. I like, well, when, she, like... I like oh, when she was just like, um, is he threatening you? And then the mom's just like, I don't know, probably. <laughs> <laughs> did not care. Yeah. 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 Is it, am I for, I mean, there's only three episodes left. Am I forecasting too far forward to believe that Vera Farmiga is like, she's got to be the a consequential she's, villain. She, like, she's she's yeah. Madam Mask. She's Madam Mask. That's what Mask. I figured, yeah. And, and the fact that they're connected, she's already connected with, we're, we're getting a kingpin thing, you know, totally. how Echo works at like Fat Man Industries or something. They show like a sign. <laughs> no, they literally show a sign in yeah. the background. When, You're right, um, yeah. When um, my man Rodin's killing everybody that says something like that. So she, clearly she's working with them. And of course that ties with Echo because she's like the adopted something niece. I don't know. Uh, and like, I'm uh, she's going to 100% end up killing Swordsman and end up taking his, indus- his, his money too. And it's just going to be that. I was like, you just don't hire Vera Farmiga for any random. Oh yeah, mom. just just She's as not random. Judy Greer, mom. for God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Judy Greer. For sure. I know, right? I'm liking uh, it so far. Uh, yeah, I've got to. I've got to pick my especially hands up the third episode, Kaylin. I know you wanted to talk about. Yes, please the, go. The, the intro in the third episode is going to be what this series is known for, hands down. Yeah. And this is why Echo is going to get her own series. Kaylin, talk on that. Oh, a a thousand percent. I think Echo's, um, like her backstory was so well done. And I love that like they, I don't know the actress's name off the top of my head. So somebody can jump in with that. But she looks like, she looks like she's Native American. Uh, And so like they actually found somebody who's Native American to playing a Native American character, which is super, super important. Um, Half Native American character. Half Native American. Thank you. And um, the guy who played, I guess, was her uncle or her dad, I, I didn't quite catch that uh, relation, was uh, in the second season of Fargo, uh, and he played a Native American character, Hanzi, in that. So that was awesome. But my favorite moment, like, leading up, like, the fight, like, you know, where, where Hawkeye and, uh, well, both Hawkeyes, Clint and Kate, were escaping, and, you know, they're doing the trick arrows. I was, like, I was, like, geeking out. I was geeking out. I was geeking out. And then when um clint pulls out the pim oh uh, the pim yeah that was great holy so fuck what a cool fucking moment that was like okay i'm in the show is great i love it yeah. i love it i love it that's um, how you use the greater mcu right agreed all right going back to the um the deafness thing so when i watched it we watched it was the first 15 minutes which was all quiet and then um didn't my roommate was working and he tried me to turn it down, so I decided to just turn it entirely off. So the first time I watched the movie, I, I watched it in silence, which actually was really good. 
Ah. It was I, I enjoyed it more than the actual like I, oh. I, was, reading, I was reading the words, but I right. Uh, the other thing is I was oh the actress's name is Alakwa Fox. Ryan just yes. showed uh, me Cox. that. Fox. Fox. Yeah. I like Fox better. Alakwa Fox <laughs> sounds fucking awesome. Um, my issue with it is that Echo makes a choice as to how she thinks Hawkeye should deal with his deafness. By by destroying his earpiece, knocking it out and destroying it, which is, to me, troubling at best and frightening at worst. Making a decision for how someone deals with, um, I don't want to say disability, but a, a situation in which you are, uh, quote unquote, different from the mainstream yeah. community is incredibly fucked up. And I hope they, if they don't touch on that, then I'm going to be mad for the uh, Echo show. She but suddenly we're like supporting or supporting her, even though she's making choices for somebody else correct me if i'm wrong but she she was mad that like he was using technology exactly but there's a whole of... issue with cochlear implants that's going on right now where some people don't want to use it because obviously yeah it's right. a subculture, a very valid subculture of deafness yeah, but, but, uh, and but this is making but, a decision for someone else's yeah but i think she'll I, I totally hear you and i think you're exactly right that she was just providing her opinion i think she only broke it just because they were already in a fight so like no, it wasn't, no. I don't just think the little be, the little line that's that she fair. says the that connectivity fair, between the literal line and the fact that she did it is just straight up like yeah I mean connected I, to the point where I it, it's not light and dark for me it's a straight up fact I'm interested in learning the correlation between how she feels about it and not that like so oh, yeah I would like to see more of that um, yeah no if they, I don't think if it's they explain that then I'm thousand percent on board if not I'm I'm going to be as I do with many things. Uh, troubled. <laughs> I do think I do think they're gonna address it because they made it such a big point of showing how Clint lost his hearing. Like the montage, which is actually I think a pretty cool <laughs> scene in the second <laughs> oh, episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so like I think they're gonna like you know the fact they did that was, it was foreshadowing Echo. And then you know uh, Adam, like you know you started talking about what well, like what could happen in like the the la latter half of the season. I mean, the fact that Clint mentioned that Black Widow is the person who killed Echo. That. They're they're gonna they're gonna bring um, in Yelena because yeah. like we and we saw like you know and spoilers for Black Widow, a movie that came out six months ago. Um, <laughs> you know, at the at the post credit sequence, you've got uh, uh, Contessa tell the Contessa telling Yelena that like um, Clint killed Natasha, so she's gonna have to come in. You know, in one of the the, the latter three episodes, I, I do love him just throwing Natasha under the bus for like a metaphor version of <laughs> she killed Ronan. I mean, he <laughs> wasn't wrong though; he was telling the truth in a, in a dumb metaphor way. I know. I just love sure. sitting there. Yeah, my sure. boyfriend was just like, I, I wish, wrong. I wish Echo just signed was like, do you mean metaphorically though? <laughs> 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 Um, what what's like a big I guess besides the obviously Black Widow reveal is there a big surprise you're hoping for because I do feel like what I I do like the show a lot I do think it's I mean again I think it's at at par with like Loki and Falcon and Winter Soldier I think WandaVision is still their best TV property thus far but is there something that like could really blow it out of the water for you or like what would really take this from what feels like just kind of adequate to really baller status i mean i don't know i just literally said the surprises that i don't think people would know ahead of time like i'm um, kingpin madam mask i mean I, to me they won't be surprises but to other people they would be surprises yeah, yeah exactly i don't know what else they could surprise me with if they surprise me with something else and they don't do those two things that would be a surprise <laughs> Taylor. um for me um i think it would be to build out the greater world of the MCU and sort of the post-blip stuff. Like we saw a little bit in WandaVision with, with Monica coming back. We saw it a little bit with Falcon and Winter Soldier with, you know, Sam and his like sort of financial problems and his sister and all that stuff. But like what I, the things I did like, I felt like I shit on the first two episodes a lot, but like what I did like was Rogers the musical. Like of course yeah. in this universe, <laughs> there would be something like that. And my favorite moment in the first episode is when Clint goes to the bathroom and he sees the graffiti of Thanos was right. Like, of course, you're going to be Thanos tru truthers, yep. you know, in this universe or like the stuff that like he did, like, you know, me coming back or somebody I knew coming back, you know, has made my life worse than what it was during that five year period when half the universe was gone. Um, you know, if they do more stuff like that to like flesh out the world, uh, I think I'll like it on top of what Clark mentioned. Right. And, and also the rest of us. Thank you, Caitlin. 
<laughs> what else is happening, Adam? What else is happening? What else is happening? Well, you know, we talked about Hawkeye a lot, so we're going to be keeping recapping that during the week. You can catch our extra issue, though. We'll be deep diving into everything about uh, Hawkeye, and that's going to be on the week that the last episode airs, which is in three weeks. So check yeah. us then. Let's move but, on to the issue. I mean, it'll be Christmas by that point, so... <laughs> Maybe it'll be after that. We don't know. Not everyone celebrates Christmas, Clark. Be more inclusive. But, Jesus. It's going to be um, every other one as well. There we go. Uh, let's talk about the issues. We had so many. We're just going to try to keep them all together. Let's talk about the ones that we had two weeks ago. So we had X-Men number five and Wolverine number 18. Uh, let's talk X-Men number five, which is Jerry Duggan and Javier Pina and Zay Carlos. A Polaris-focused issue takes us on a journey of her internal thoughts all the way from the Hellfire Gala through to the never-ending fights of the week that seemingly perpetuate this run. At the same time, Ben Urich confronts Cyclops about the resurrection protocols with a mysterious creeper waiting in the wings. Uh, I'm going to go to Clark and Clark only to talk about this issue for the most part because it is a Polaris issue. Clark, what did you think of this introspection to Polaris? And where is this Urich Orca storyline going? No. Um, Marvel is desperate to drag Polaris back to where she was 15 years ago. And this where was that? Into some sort of wishy-washy, I don't know what I'm doing, kind of... It sucks. It, it, that, they did it with X-Factor, they did it with... Uh -huh. I, I don't even know. Um, the last time I thought she was well-written was Peter David's second X-Factor run that was, like, in the same chunk when she was in charge of serval industries like you know yes fight force where she was just fucking on it she knew what she was doing she was like playing off of people and still wild sometimes sometimes not but she was capable and she felt yeah. that she was capable and i hate what they've been doing the last three years of this kaylin i don't love the series and it's very apparent when um uh, Pepe Larraz isn't drawing it because like when he's drawing it, it's like the art kind mm -hmm. of like masks the I think the mediocre writing and I hate saying that because like Jerry Duggan is a decent writer and I do like this team it's just like I'm not as enthused for this series as I thought I would be when it first premiered and I hate saying that right it's way, it's way too villain of the week yeah exactly well we know the flagships of uh, so the Avengers it suffered from this for the last couple of years they're trying to be bombastic like just dealing with the biggest threats without actually interpersonal like relationships and a lot of like real connections or just moving the plot along other than monster of the week basically um so it does have that feel a little bit um with that said i do like this issue because i i polaris is kind of fun <laughs> where she's like everyone is down and she's going to use the dead corpse of uh wolverine to actually fight so i do that was enjoy cool. it. i thought that was neat that yeah. is actually fun also she she like went to starbucks for before which i get um <laughs> uh it it's just an it, these are just okay issues i i'm interested to learn the who is captain krakoa though i do want to say I, the, I was a little creeped out that polaris is using someone else's body to do something i Wait, more more than gene basically oh yeah changing her mind yeah. Yeah, gaslighting it, it, the shit out of someone why is why is everybody using each other like i ugh, think it's just, it's just i creepy. think if i it's yeah i do think i i actually thought about that too because i was like wait a minute i thought it was because it was just like a physical attacking thing which is what wolverine would do while she was awake anyway okay. i was like okay that's fair but like because i presume she was just throwing her body around it's not like she was in her mind making her do so it. you think if someone's passed out that never yeah oh they would have done that anyway it's no no i'm just joking i'm just joking i'm just joking yeah it's also joking. weird that both of the people who were mind whatever or body whatever apologized and said that person who did it was right they said, good job. That you. was Her, weird. Yeah. The yeah. Thing, she really pat her on the back. Yeah. yeah. With and Polaris was like, thank you for hand. telling me. Yeah. I'm so glad I'm on the team now. Or making well, me they do did clear. I mean, they clarified it that it was her first thought, which I do appreciate. It's like, it's like the same thing of like, if someone told you they wanted to do something and then two days later you saw that. And then they made you do it by pushing you it. into it, like literally pushing you at it. I don't know. It's no, a little problematic. No. Yeah. I'm not disagreeing the overall, overall actions, but I do think you're, I think, these are slighter subtleties of like 
these kind of conversations could, versus couldn't have gene just had a quick like moment in time like gone to the astro plane and be like are you sure you want to do this let's make because i think you would be perfect for this and then go back in that moment and then tell her to do it and then she volunteers like by her own accord and it's says great yes. yeah it's great territory that they wastefully throw away the opportunity to like actually have these discussions but i do agree overall it'd be better storytelling and better honestly real life consent giving to just have those quick cuts like you were describing ryan so that that makes a lot of sense yeah i'm not i'm not a the biggest fan of this run either especially while i thought the hickman most recent like slices of the week were actually interesting and like did develop character i'm just disappointed as you clark about uh polaris though because i'm like oh they're giving her development but it feels like development that she should have had when she was a fucking teenager back like 40 years ago. Um, let's talk about Wolverine. So Wolverine 18 had Benjamin Percy and Ricardo Diaz. So Jeff Bannister, AKA the dude and Wolverine stay teaming up this time, unraveling the continued conspiracy of who is spying on Krakoa. Surprise. It's Maverick working with the merchant as part of legacy house. That's the culprit. Fingers get chopped off and beers get had. Uh, what happened to that poor ex-office lady? Is she going to be okay? Dolores? Yeah. She'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> she takes a bullet <laughs> in, her, in her chest almost every other week. No, I think Caitlin answered it. It'll be okay. <laughs> it'll be It'll be fine. It'll be fine. What'd you guys think of this issue? It's, it's confident. As, it's, it's confident. It's as good as the other ones. And, yeah. it's, and I feel as much as I felt about the other ones with this. Great. Yeah. Let's move on to the next one. Marauders <laughs> number 26. We had Marauders number two this week. We had Marauders number 26, New Mutants number 23, and Trial of Magneto number four. And these are all the X books. We've got an extra special launch title that we're going to talk about at the end of this. Marauders number 26, Jerry Duggan, Matteo Lali, Emma and Shaw introduce Harry Leland to Krakow and offer him a role at the United Nations. A drunk fing-fang-foom shows up looking for a fight, and Iceman takes him down with ease. Although resistant at first, Harry accepts and gets to meet Shinobi Shaw. Why is Harry Leland perfect for this UN role? Clark? To me, this was the best issue of Marauders that has come out. I mean, partially, fing-fang-foom, whenever he yes. shows up, is, is ace. Number two, <laughs> I didn't realize how much I was going to like fucking uh, Leland. I mean, and, and I kind of forgot the fact that no one was sure who Shinobi Shaw's parent was when he was first introduced. So I was yes. quite happy with that. And I like the fact that he and his father aren't trying to murder each other like the Shaws were doing for <laughs> the last 20 years worth of comic. Kalen. Yeah, you know, Adam asked why Harry is perfect for the UN role, and I hate to say this, but he's an older white guy. He's an older white guy. <clears throat> like, in, like, any kind of, like, governmental role, any kind of, like, he, like, he will portray, like, you know, like, you know, stability, which is what a lot of, like, CEOs look like, a lot of, like, politicians look like. It's why, it's why fucking Joe Biden won last year. You know, I mean, like, that's why Harry Leland's there. But uh, to Clark's point, I love this issue, too, because it reminded me of the early issues of Marauders, where you had a lot of the Hellfire trading shit happening, uh -huh. and then you had some team stuff happening. And bringing Fin Fang Foom, like, Jerry fucking used the greater Marvel universe. It's so it's so rich. It's, it's amazing. Like, it was a lot of fun reading this issue. Ryan? This is one of my favorites as well, uh, for so many different reasons. Um, it's, it, it's so perfect. Uh, uh, I think uh, Kaylin, I knew you would bring up, you wanted to talk about the UN role. Um, do you think he added a lot of weight to the role? Is that what you would say? I hate I that, would not but say I that. had to say <laughs> I would not say that. I would okay, not say that. Okay, with that all said, boo, I hate myself. Um, okay, with that, uh, <laughs> Fing Fing Foom and Iceman should be rivals that always go up against each other. <laughs> yes. Like, wouldn't that be yes. so fucking fun if they were always going at each other now? It, it was so wild to see that. Uh, also, love, Ice, Iceman is just the strongest X-Man. Honestly, he can be murdered. Omega. Murdered, and if there's just a wisp of any moisture, he is fucking fine. He is you, so can tell he's, you can tell he's gay because he was like confident, but also self-deprecating when he said he was an Omega mutant app. Like he's like, you're, you're, you're facing off against my Omega mutant app. And uh, I thought you were going to say he was piercing someone's throat. Also that. Well, Gay yeah. men love piercing throats. So good. 
this amazing issue. It really, uh, to your guys' point, like early issues of Marauders, but also just the early issues of uh, like the Hellfire Club in general. It felt like that was back too. It was so fun. Yeah, it felt very, very well paced. And I thought it was very cool to bring Leland in and like have the conversation. Uh, let's talk New Mutants number 23. Vida and Rod Reese. The New Mutants continue their fight against Shadow King as well as their own inner saboteurs. Spoilers, they win and he's a crybaby. Do you like anything about this arc, Kalen? Uh, the art. The art is gorgeous. Yes. Uh, Rod yeah. Reese is a goddamn superstar and deserves to be in the upper echelon of Marvel and all comic book artists, to be honest. I generally like Vita's writing. I think they're talented, but as I've brought up before on podcast, the problem is pacing. And, you know, after a while, it's just like, wait, that's it? And like, I feel like the oh shit moments aren't oh shit moments because the pacing just seems off. I, Mm -hmm. I wanna read this as a chunk, read it like as one would a trade, but I was just like, oh, and then like the whole thing about like how Farouk is having an internal battle with Shadow King. I'm like, that wasn't really well, well staged before. Like I didn't get a lot of foreshadowing, pardon the pun, before that. So like, where did this come from? And just like, it was just, it's it's upsetting to me that it was so disappointing because I do think Vita is very talented. I think the book looks great. I love the team. It's just like, eh, just eh. I, well I didn't. I didn't need the like novels that are written instead of showing them. Like you know, the illustration of it on the side yeah. would be like, here's an entire story they tell each other. Um, once again, this issue proves that there is li- literally no point in any of the quote unquote young new mutant characters. Like An- Anal still has literally no reason to be there. He had nothing yep. connected to like the the mind meld power thing that they end up yeah. doing. The yeah. art is gorgeous when I understand what the fuck the art is doing. <laughs> yeah. There's parts when where I'm like, what am I looking at here? <laughs> <laughs> Splooch, Bullbeard, whatever, pretty, had no role, role in it. What's his name? Uh, water, I, water. The only thing water I, I service do is like, pools, boy, like whatever the connect. fuck his name is. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. Electro psychic water bubble. And that's literally all he's ever I, done in this fucking comic. The art is gorgeous. Um, yeah. Uh, I we didn't get enough of like why he felt bad at the end. So like the the very last page didn't hit his heart because they don't want to throw someone else in the fucking well or whatever the hell the hole in the ground. They want to use right. this character yeah. still for whatever the hell. Well, reason. they so need to get more people down there because there's like basically two people down there and one think, of them black. They think. Well, it's just, what, yeah. The '90s were all about where have all the cowboys gone, and nowadays it's where have all the bad mutants gone because everyone is being retconned to being like actually a good person that's ruined by X, Y, Z. And I'm like, mm-hmm. who the fuck are these villains gonna? F- or who the? Who are we gonna fight against in the future? This is ridiculous. And Adam speaking of been bad a- mutants, yeah, we're gonna talk about a bad sports series. Trial of Magneto number four, Leah Williams and Lucas Werner, David Messina. The X-Men Avengers continue to fight the kaiju that is attacking Krakoa, while Wanda fights a battle on three fronts, past, present, and future. Spin that wheel, bitch. They are victorious (laughs) by Wanda learning the biggest lesson of all, how to forgive herself. Who the fuck killed her? I I don't, does anyone care? Does anyone care at the point? I will see- You know who killed her? You know who killed her? You know who killed her? Leah Williams. She character assassinated her as long with everybody else, because this book sucks. I'm sorry. It does. Like, if you like this book, you have terrible taste. I'm convinced of it. I hate saying that, but it's, 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 it's a shitty book. It's a, sh- it's a bad looking book. It's irrelevant. It's just, ugh. There's a continuity error in there too. Which it's, me off. I feel like it's just going to be like, she's like, I was so distraught or like through all of my decisions that I, you know how she like, dematerializes and turns into those weird cubes that go everywhere i feel like she just did that to herself like i don't think there's going to be any main villain or anything anyone that did anything it's mm. just going to be not set like this, this whole but, entire series this but, does actually remind me a lot of Leah, the, come on. this reminds you, me a lot of the x-men fantastic four crossover that we read where i'm like mm-hmm. it's just not very it's like cute that they have a couple of different pulls from different things but like that was a lot better though. It's very toothless. It's yeah. like I'm just like, what is happening? This doesn't make any sense. Sorry, but, you're saying, sorry. What 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 did Kyle do this issue? 
<laughs> Why is that motherfucker's everywhere? He, That's the he's real all, important. He's always making like an egg omelet uh, in the kitchen. You know what? Like, what I'm the done. fuck are you doing? Yeah. The, the answer is Kyle. Kyle killed her. Did you see that connection that Kyle and uh, Billy had when they met? They're like, this is Billy. And they gave each other a look. That's gay. That's gay <laughs> culture in comics. Boom. They, we saw them in Hulkling and Wicked, and they did not do that. Yeah, they didn't chat. No, no, no. There was, there was, there was footsies under the table, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> gay eyes. Yeah. Kaylin. Kaylin. So there is a continuity thing that I want to bring up about this issue. So Jordan White and a lot of other people have said this takes place before Inferno, but when Cyclops brings in the other war captains, Bishop is part of that. That didn't happen until Inferno uh, number one. Liar. Girl, don't get me started, please. I'm like, I don't want to get me. But you're like, totally I know that's right. so minor, but like, no, like but you're me right. And it bothered me as well, but it makes me mad. <laughs> uh, let's talk about, so two weeks ago, actually, we had a non-X issue that we did read and did uh, enjoy, I think. We'll see. Black Panther number one, uh, John Ridley and Juan Cabal, a rebooted issue count sees T'Challa grappling with balancing his duties as an intergalactic emperor being a semi-dictator for Wakanda, and being an Avenger. We mainly get the kickoff to a brand new story arc featuring a murder mystery of who's killing Wakanda sleeper agents. How did it work for you? And are we going to read more of this? Kaylin. So I really liked it. Um, one, John Ridley, uh, I think, understands, even though he came from a different medium, understands how to write comics a lot better than uh, ta Coates, who previously mm -hmm. uh, wrote Black Panther. Um, also, it deals with T'Challa being kind of a bastard, which is a uh, interpretation I really like. Christopher Priest wrote well, my favorite run of Black Panther ever in the late 90s, early 2000s. And him like taking a stance that I would find personally morally repugnant of like undermining Wakanda's democracy just to reinstate himself as the sole monarch. Uh, like, I, I understand why he would do that, but like, it's it's like terrible like you're undermining democracy essentially especially in an african nation it's kind of awful but i love that he had sleeper agents all around uh all around the world to be able to like handle like any threats to wakanda like uh t'challa as a monarch even a deposed monarch that's the shit i really want to see in a black panther book and also the art's beautiful one cabal mwah, just phenomenal see i feel bad that i wanted the aristocracy again <laughs> like I, and I don't, I don't usually like that. I, it, the, the government they set up seems like shit. Yeah. <laughs> so I was well, like, everybody, I, it's such an easy, I did get annoyed at the issue because like, it's such an easy throwaway to like take down government by being like, well, should we form a committee to talk about the committee that will decide whether or not the committee will do this? And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't need all of that. But I'm like, that's the surefire way to like, reduce how like government works and like basically like well that's not worth it it's not useful to have everybody like thinking through these things and making decisions we need action now um but i i like the issue overall i thought it's like a cool mystery i think you're exactly right caitlin i like the flip of like this he's like a machiavelli type like we've always talked about like he's very good at balancing all aspects of of his living um so i really like that and i do think it was it was off to a more of what I assumed to be a Black Panther start than like ta Hesse Coates' run, which was, we, had, we didn't read a ton of it, but just was off to a weird start with Salee. Uh, no, I was thinking Captain America, Jesus, sorry. Um, yeah, no, I, I overall, I did enjoy the issue. I would like to read more. And it makes a lot more sense to me than when we started reading the Intergalactic Empire of Wakanda, which I didn't understand at all because I was very confused by uh, where that was all going. But now it's settled in and it makes a lot more sense. All right. I'm hearing a sound. I'm hearing a sound. John, I've got a lot of things. I'll go through it kind of quick. Marvel has released images for Destiny of X, its new X-Men phase, with in-comic ads quoting known rape by deception apology Irene Adler, a.k.a. Destiny, and the release of images of three alternate destinies for Hope, Wolverine, and Storm. What do you think? And Ryan, you have a theory on this. Should I be interested in your theory? Okay, well, I didn't <laughs> want to be called out immediately. Okay, so I have one theory. So. I, I think the big thing was with Moira just having 10 lives and then coming to who she was at the end of it, I think Destiny realizing that Moira was like, and I always feel like I'm talking about Shit's Creek when I mentioned Moira, but <laughs> um, but I, I think Destiny is going to somehow project her power out 
to all of the major like mutants and whatever. So they can all live their 10 lives to truly learn what their best destiny is as well. So, so they would live 10 lives and they could kind of understand what Moira was going through because I think Destiny's going to come out of this not looking like a super villain. I think she's going to come out looking like I was seeing all angles that Moira maybe didn't see. I think that's my main issue is that we've had an interview with somebody important who yeah. basically said that um they were they they were like, "Yeah, we're basically just making Moira a super villain." And I'm like, so the opposite people are the heroes, and that's why I am constantly saying what I'm saying because it's offensive as yeah. fuck to me. And I don't want these characters to be in front of me. Anything supportive are good or any sort of the heroes or anything. But anyways. Would you want to see the 10 lives of all these characters, though? We've seen, Yeah, yeah, I'm, into the, I'm interested in all that, yeah. Storm, and I then mean, Wolverine. That intrigues I, me. I don't think I need, re, I, I, think I, don't need, I need three more Wolverine things after we're going to get the 10 right. deaths and lives of Wolverine. He's going to have but, 13 lives. Yeah. Yeah. The 10 of the 10 of the 10 of the 10 of the Wolverines. Yeah. Wait, so do you think that, I like your theory, Ryan, but are you thinking that these are going to be them... They're going to get their own 10 lives that are unrelated to them? Or is it like more like, how do these people show up in the, the 10 lives of Moira kind of idea? I would say single issue series of certain characters. Caitlin, what do you think? No, I think that's that's probably right. Like, uh, do we want to talk a little bit about the images that we did see, though? Like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Hopes, Hopes was actually the most intriguing to me because you saw one where she's sort of looking like Professor X with the black bodysuit and the Cerebra helmet. Uh, we've got like uh, a hope that looks like she's from Cable's future, like or back where she was originally, mm, yeah. where she was taken when she was a baby. Uh, and then the last one where it looks like I think she's just part of the five. Uh, but she, no, no, correct. Quiet, me. quiet council. Oh yeah, baby. oh is that the yeah, quiet? She's not like, oh, yeah, she looks like she's shitting in front of Krakoa. Is what she looks <laughs> like. Yeah. And she's she's disturbed that someone has like interrupted her pooping. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's somebody in here. <laughs> and then the storm visuals are absolutely gorgeous. Mm -hmm. so it, one looks like maybe where like she maybe never left Africa. She never became an X-Men. Yeah. And then the next one is be she becomes the full-on goddess that we know and love. And then the, th the third one is she liked that mohawk so much she kept it and then started doing lightning everywhere. She looked like she really turned liked. into, yeah, she's, she's actually taking over for Black Adam. It's going to be a DC crossover. Yeah, I, <laughs> the first thing I saw when I saw that, saw that it looked like the um, lightning bolt from Miss Marvel's old costume. Yeah. I, oh, I yeah, a little bit. Case, yeah, very similar. Yeah. Well, the second one is definitely her as like regent of Arako and like yeah. queen of Saul. Like, like that's the yeah. like the gold like mm -hmm. you know necklace and the the headdress. And the third one just reminds me of, like it's like a version of the Outback era, you know, with like 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 it's Mohawk, but then when she had like the uh, she got the hair back and then she got the the powers back. So I do I like that the Mohawk is like the cloud Mohawk she had from the gala, which I really I love. I feel like yeah, for sure. Cool. I didn't realize through the, the the Wolverine ones real quick. Wolverine is a regular <laughs> yellow and brown Wolverine. Then it's Con I Joe, One Eye Joe Wolverine. That we know and love. And then yeah, he like, goes to the uh, south. Then there's like uh, what is it, Tron Wolverine? So he looks like he's somewhat in daylight. Daylight. Yeah, bitch. I know. Yeah. I was getting to it. It's oh, okay. Wolverine. All right. Um. Yeah. No, he's a lot less interesting i think because two of them are stuff we've all seen but the phalanx infused wolverine i think is probably the most telling of like what could potentially happen and what we'll be seeing yeah i'm okay. interested amy pascal meanwhile has introduced introduced announced that tom holland spider-man will get a second trilogy but then a day later sony insider said that is not the case because there have been no talks yet Pascal is no longer part of Sony. She's part of her own company called Pascal Productions, still connected to Spider-Man films, so she's doing something right. But she was fired because of that weird North Korea hack where she was said racist things about Obama and some emails, so she was fired for it. Are we excited what? for that? Should we? Yeah, that happened. No, that happened. we're not going over it. Uh, am I excited to listen to her or agree with her at this moment or believe her since everyone else said no? I don't no, know I mean, that. that sounds like, I mean, that's also just, it sounds like complete bullshit. I do think it sounds like people took and ran with what she was saying, as mm. opposed to like, they were just like, she literally just like threw away a line and everyone's yeah. like, that's it. It's confirmed. He's in for three more. Okay. I'll tell you what's happening. Okay. I hope so she's right. I hope she's right. Because she is right. Good. 
this rumor happened years ago that it's going to be three Spider-Man movies while he's in high school, and then it's going to be three Spider-Man movies when he's I'm in college. Down. Yeah. And, like, growing up and whatever. So, like, this is going to happen. She's right, but Sony doesn't want to confirm it yet. Being Let me involved. guess. It'll be same, same move, moving in, uh, essay, uh, finals, and then graduation day or some shit. <laughs> like yeah. And, and, and then, yeah, and then him going through a midlife crisis, and then mm-hmm. him, like, not realizing he didn't invest enough in his 401k. Like, you know what I mean? Like just all that stuff, you know? That also feels like there's election of like, or election, um, like uh, <laughs> that this is kind of pr- a production company kind of making the audience, the world audience be like, yes, we should do it. Just, you know, to needle this. Uh, They're jockeying, yeah. Like, Give us more money because yeah, we're- Tell us you want this. Yeah. 100%, yeah. Kaylin. Uh, wouldn't it be great if Tom Holland Spider-Man turns into the sad, out-of-shape Spider-Man from Into the Spider-Verse, and that's how they bring Miles in? <laughs> oh, no. That's his trajectory. Okay, Kayla. Very quickly. You, uh, you know how they do, like, face, like, uh, like they made Robert Downey Jr., like, younger and, like, stuff like that? Yeah. What if they merged all three Spider-Man into <laughs> one face and then did a whole job? <laughs> God. I don't that want that. That would be that's terrifying. I'm scared. Being I'm the of spider. Thanks, Ryan. What? Watch. <laughs> and it's not God. fully blended. It's just three <laughs> different faces on one skull. Kaylin, I'll do some stuff and send you some mock-ups. Please okay. don't. I'm gonna. I'm blocking your number and your email. <laughs> All right, quickly. And um, other Marvel-related news: Daybreak Games and Dimensional Inc. are reported to be working on an MMO, which is a people massively multiplayer online game i don't know where the g is in mmo but for the marvel universe instead they previously worked on dc comics and then one of the, their head game developers jack emmert who um did the early 2000s mmo called city of heroes excited to see this and have you played any of the other ones i just mentioned or the unaffiliated 2013 marvel heroes one yeah i played uh was it dc it's still online it's dc universe i think dc yeah. universe online uh, and it's, I mean, you could definitely tell it's an old game and I never really got that far, but it's like standard MMO action RPG fair. Like I wouldn't, I'm like excited about this, but I think there's already enough things that are available if people really wanted them. I'm like, it'll be interesting to see what they actually do with it. Cause there's also a new, uh, Marvel mobile game that came out that, uh, that's been kind of, it's not really a fully on massive online RPG, but it's still like a big enough of these things. The one thing that I think has been changing a lot, which I'm interested in is like a lot of the times in MMOs, you like create your own characters, but I think they're finding more and more ways to like, you just pick, there's like Mm 17,000 hulks running around because they're all from the multiverse. And like, that's the part that I don't like. And I know that that's kind of like doubling down further and further because of things like Fortnite. But I'm like, I character creation is so interesting and important to me. I'd be kind of disappointed if you weren't able to like choose power sets, obviously related yeah. to our favorite heroes, but like, I don't need seven magics all on the same team. Clark? In the 2013 Marvel heroes one, it was literally the same thing. It was like 15 night crawlers shooting around. I only played it once because my computer was too bad. Cause you know, I get bad computers, I guess um, too slow for it. But Nightcrawler was cool when I played it. Um, and also it, this is going to be a lot of in game, you know, payments and shit like that per usual. Yeah. Cause I remember yeah. that one, you had to pay money to get Squirrel Girl. And you're like, okay, I'm not going to do that. Even yeah. if I, the game was good, my speed was good enough. Uh, the other thing was that I, I played City of Heroes when it first came out in like 2003, four, I don't know. There was, was a fun. gay, there was a gay beta test group that like we created a year before. It was oh. kind of, we're all waiting. So whenever we do a beta test, we'd all like connect and talk about it and blah, 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 blah. Anyways, my character was, you can make your own character in this, was this like, red-haired guy all teal costume and he had like radiation powers and i called him chernobyl i don't know why anyone allowed that name <laughs> to be a character a hero in a comic that would be a good villain name but <laughs> but everyone was fine with it they I just thought like you were a drag queen that didn't expand yeah. your name enough i played for, i played like two years i'm uh, two years on it until i left college but it was fun and I'm I'm excited for this just because that creator is connected with it. Very intertwined, yeah. He also did City of Villains, I think, too. It's like it's all yeah. good. All right, finally, the dumb thing I was excited for per um a viewer con- anon, which is some sort of 
Twitter, blah, 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 that supposedly has a lot of good connections. Uh, the new Chippendale Disney Plus show will include the reintroduction of world hero Roger Rabbit. And my question is, do you hate Roger Rabbit? If the answer is yes, then you hate me and vice versa. <laughs> and then I... I, what you, I oh, love Taylor. Roger Rabbit, but I hate you. Does that That's work? Fine. No, it doesn't work. That means you hate Roger Rabbit. You just don't realize it. Oh, <laughs> no. I love Roger hey, Rabbit. I love that, that movie. The test always works, though. Clark can never be wrong. Never seen you in the same room. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. What do you think he's been up to? And then the thing I wrote was, please don't say he's been up to Jessica Rabbit's tits. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. He feels like a sex offender. So whatever they do. <laughs> he's not a sex offender. Okay. He's well, actually he the does, opposite. He does seem like he would have to qualify when he gets into the neighborhood. That oh, something's no. He's going around that. with the clipboards. Yeah. Like, Roger Rabbit is the sweetest guy who never this. would do such a thing. Never. No, he, meanwhile, he meanwhile his, um, taxi, his taxi. Oh, no, 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 no. That fucking baby, that fucking baby is the one. Remember, he was slapping some lady's ass and like doing the stogie. He is the molester. No, Roger, I would do nothing like that. Okay, <laughs> Kayla, my fan. No, my... See what you, you what you're saying is you're disparaging me when you're disparaging Roger Rabbit, <laughs> and I would never do such a thing, and neither would he. I didn't know I was commenting on your boyfriend. I, I, I already I was said, commenting on him. What boyfriend? Your Roger Rabbit. No, yeah, you are. You're fucking it up. Kalen. Kalen, what? In my fanfic, Roger Rabbit takes over Judge Doom's role and he gets like really more dark and, and like cynical and sinister and he gets all grim dark like he would in like Dark Knight Returns or something like that. That's what Roger Rabbit's been up to. I was sure you were going to say Judge Judy's role and I was going to be 100%. <laughs> it sounded like you were going to say Judge Judy. Oh, yeah. Um, Which is, I'm there for that, honestly. Yeah, they're just raising that baby. That's also a man. Is that how it worked? I can't remember. Oh. He, babe, I don't remember his name. God, he had a stogie though. He always typed for that yeah, stogie. Yeah, he was yeah. like a mature baby. Uh, um, plug me, Danny. Would it yeah, help? Okay. You, Clark, would it help if I merged your face with Roger Rabbit's and then I submitted <laughs> that to you? It would. It would um help me if you plugged me, Danny. No, Ryan. That's a great jumble. Those images together. <laughs> Tumble them together. All right, uh, so it is time for our new ongoing segment called Plug Me Daddy, as Clark has been saying for the last two minutes, where we each get a chance to quickly highlight something we've read, seen, heard, experienced, and wanted to share with, uh, the, with the others and our listeners. So I'll go up first. Um, this week also saw the release of uh, Wonder Woman Historia by Kelly Sue DeConnick, uh, who wrote it, and uh, Phil Jimenez, who drew it. And it is one of the most beautiful comics I think I have ever read, maybe ever. Um, it was announced for like almost four years ago, um, you know, and it's done by DC's Black Label, so it's much more mature. It gets into some like very like mature themes. Uh, it gives you the secret, quote unquote, secret origin of the Amazons. I need to reread it because I just spent the entire time just looking at it, panel by panel, page by page. It is breathtaking, and like it's just like every image needs to be like hung up on a wall in a museum somewhere uh i love like yeah phil Jimenez is a phenomenal artist uh to begin with and the fact that he spent the last three four years spending almost mm. all of his time on this book um it's when it when it's all done just the first issue came out the second one's not coming out till spring of next year when it's all completed i definitely want an oversized version hardcover that i want to put on my my coffee table uh everyone should read it um and phil Jimenez, he's a gay and we so like gotta, the gays. You've got to hold off on buying it till someone gets you for Secret Santa next year. <laughs> okay. Uh, Done. Adam. Oh. I've got to plug me, Daddy. And it's Spider-Man is on the PlayStation 4 and 5. If you Tell own me the about Avengers it. game. Uh, he just came out this week. It's been like fucking two years in the making, I think. He was supposed to come out much earlier. But now is obviously time with the release of the movie. Uh, it's no insomniac game playing as him, but please, God, get online and play this game because I want them to keep releasing content for it, even though it's not that good. I like, I enjoy it, and I like playing uh, with it online. And yeah, Spider-Man's really fun. He doesn't have any story missions, though. I'm pissed off about that because that's the best part about the game. Crystal Dynamics is really good at single-player content. They're terrible at uh, service game so he's uh, just swinging around all the time? No, you can, like, do a bunch of, like, 
you could do all the regular stop. missions, but like they mm -hmm. just no storyline to him because they didn't want to put the money behind it since he was only on PlayStation. Is this the game where you can accidentally become a lamppost and be swinging instead of as Spider-Man? That happened oh, at some bet. point. I'm sure there's, <laughs> there's probably all sorts of... That, that one weird that. glitch where you literally could be a... Yeah. Wow. Uh, um, I would like to personally plug, and I think Clark is going to back me up on this. Cretaceous Park is no. coming out today. Thank you for listening. We're recording you are this not. Show. But on Friday... December 3rd, Cretaceous Park Season 4 is coming out. So, guys, watch it on Netflix. <laughs> oh, my no, God. The animation is confusing, and they all look like Brat stalls, but you're going to love the story. <laughs> watch it you don't like on Netflix. And Clark, taking it over I've to you. I've got one. So, last yeah. night, I had a dream. <laughs> this is where it's going. Where I was in Ireland, and I met these people at this uh, band at a bar. Somewhere in the name is the word Buffalo. I don't remember the name. Anyways, we were talking about air conditioning with the guy from the, the drummer. And I started realizing, like, we started, there was a whole stool situation. I don't know what was happening. Obviously, the world's changed. And then I said, like, when you're DC, like, I'm going there to see DC when you get my, um, you should get my number because we can just hang out and I can show you around and stuff. And then I realized that he wasn't straight as I thought, talking about air conditioners, that he was actually, like, gay because there were some eyes and some stuff and like a hand thing when I was handing it over. Anyway, yeah. so I'm plugging the band that doesn't exist. Something something Buffalo something. Please listen to them. Great. Great. Wow. Thank you so much um, for the, all those plugs, guys. And also Plug Me Daddy. That was Plug Me Daddy. Thank you so much. Um, you, got, you guys can find us on Twitter at Homo Superior X, on Instagram at Homo Superior Podcast. Rate and review us Remember, we said we love you, so it's rude not to return the favor in reviews as well. Just, just keep that in mind. Um, so we've been Homo Superior, and as always, watch Cretaceous Park coming out <laughs> on Friday, which is today when this podcast comes out. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.